Today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. telling them here that the Holy Spirit is revealed or he's evidenced in or he's made known to each believer for the profit or the benefit of all. And again, just as we've been saying, and I keep harping on it, but Paul keeps harping on it, so I guess I get to keep harping on it. This fact, this whole idea, Paul is calling for everything to be worked out in in harmony together as the body of Christ. All parts of the body of Christ are important. To not be a part of the church robs that group of your presence and gifts, and you miss out on the blessings others can convey to you. You cannot serve God alone, and God has called us to unity together and building each other up. Inevitably, there will be differences of opinion and various preferences for aspects of worship and ministry. However, Pastor David emphasizes in today's message that our common hope of the gospel brings us together. Now here's Pastor David with part two of today's message entitled, Unity in the Midst of Diversity. under the power of the same Holy Spirit. We're all completed for the glory of the same Lord. Each one is being worked out by the same God who works all in all. Paul wanted to make certain that his church here, which was already so divided, didn't try to build three different tents. Says, hey, this is the Spirit's work. Oh, this is the work of Jesus. Oh, this is the work of God the Father. No, They're all working together. And it's the same Holy Spirit. It's the same Jesus. It's the same God the Father, all working together. He doesn't want them to be building more division. He's trying to bring them again into unity. Now, if you continue on in the context of this passage, you're going to see Paul focusing in on the work of the Holy Spirit through all of this. We see that. We understand that. Look in verse 7. Real quick, we're just going to jump through a couple of things. In verse 7, he speaks about the manifestation of the Spirit. In verse 8, he speaks about words of wisdom through the Spirit. In verse 8, he speaks of word of knowledge through the same Spirit. In verse 9, he speaks about faith by the same Spirit. Still in verse 9, healings by the same Spirit. And verse 11, one and the same Spirit works all these things. It's not a division here. This This is the work of God within our lives. And please don't come in and say, well, yeah, all of those are the work of the Holy Spirit, but elsewhere in Scripture, well, this says that these are the gifts of Christ to the church, and over here, these are the gifts of God. Are are you dividing God up? 
Are you slicing and dicing God into different categories? No, he's all working here through this. And I don't believe at all that Paul is separating one is the gifts of the Holy Spirit, one is the gifts of Christ, one is the gifts of God the Father. But again, all of them working together. Truly, it's a part of the ministry of the Holy Spirit to the believers. And yet the Holy Spirit never acts in and of himself. We understand that. He acts in accordance with the will of God the Father for the glory and the magnification of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And according to Jesus' own words in, in John 14, the Holy Spirit was sent by God the Father in the name of Jesus. As a matter of fact, we see it very clearly, this whole idea of submission of the Holy Spirit to Christ Jesus tells the disciples in John chapter 16, he says, however, when he, the Holy Spirit, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak of his own authority. He's not doing his own thing here, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me. Jesus says, the Holy Spirit will glorify him. For he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. Don't get the Trinity of God out of balance. They work together in harmony. Don't get him out of balance in your interpretation of the word. The gifts come from the Father. They're given by the Holy Spirit to glorify the Son and equip the bride. They all work together that way. You cannot separate them and really do justice to the word of God as a whole. So let's look a little bit deeper into what Paul is sharing here. Down in verse seven. In verse seven, he writes, but the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of what, church? All. So again, the diversity of the gifts come together for the unity of, of all, for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he will. There's so much richness in just these few verses right here. We could actually spend the whole night, in fact, we very possibly are going to spend the whole night on just that section. We could probably spend weeks on that. We may touch into it a little bit more next week, just simply because there's so much there. And Again, because of the misunderstanding, because of the the divisiveness of so many things. I don't want to rush through it, as I said earlier. He says the manifestation of the Spirit. That word manifestation is, is a Greek word that means the revealing or the disclosing or the evidence of the Spirit. Our, our English word manifestation comes from the Latin word that simply means to make public, to make it known. Sailing ships, when they came into port, they had to present their manifest. And the manifest revealed what was on the ship. So 
the manifestation of the Spirit is what he speaks about here. Manifestation of the Spirit is given to how many? Each one for the profit of all. The manifestation of the Holy Spirit of God is given to each one, that's each person within the body of Christ is what he's speaking, every believer, and we're going to be speaking about this as we go, that every believer, there is a gift of the Holy Spirit, at least one, if not multiples. I have a great friend. I admire him. I, I, I trust his teachings and everything, but I totally disagree with him in one area. He says each one of us are given one gift, and I don't believe that at all. I believe again, Paul, he says, hey, if you don't have this gift, keep praying for this one, and you know, but uh, don't neglect the other ones. So, you know, even within the context of what I see and what I understand in Scripture is there's more than likely there are a multitude of gifts within various believers. Some are going to have some, some are going to have others. There's going to be this diversity. I believe that what he takes here is where he says, for to one is given the word of wisdom, to another the word, and taking that to the extreme. But I don't believe that within the context of what we see that that's really true. Paul is telling them here that the Holy Spirit is revealed or he's evidenced in or he's made known to each believer for the profit or the benefit of all. And again, just as we've been saying, and I keep Harping on it, but Paul keeps harping on it, so I guess I get to keep harping on it. This fact, this whole idea, Paul is calling for everything to be worked out in in harmony together as the body of Christ. We're to live our lives for the glory of God, for the benefit of the whole body of Christ. But that's what just absolutely amazes me when I hear of people that say, yes, I'm a Christian, I love the Lord Jesus. Really, where do you fellowship? Oh, I don't, I don't fellowship anywhere. I don't, I don't go to any churches. Really? So you're rejecting the bride of Christ. You're taking your part and place out of the work of the bride of Christ. You've separated yourself. That doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense that someone can say, I am a believer in Jesus Christ, but I'm separated from the rest of the body. Because when we start looking at this, we're going to see, man, each part of the body is so important. You know what? You need the body of Christ, and the body of Christ needs you. And you might say, well, I don't have much to offer. I don't have much to give. Don't make God a liar. Because God says that you are an important part, and we'll be getting into that about, man, some parts, you know, they may look less than the others, but you know what? They're just as important. God has called each one of us to himself to be a part of the whole of the work that he's doing here, not only in, in just this church, but within the church, within the body of Christ, for the profit of all. I make such a big deal about this because all too often, man, we, we, we just miss this. We, we don't deal with it. We might even get this idea of uh, the bringing in division because a spiritual pride will come in because one has this gift, and, but I've got this gift. Oh, 
Oh, that's your gift? That's a nice little gift. I'm glad you got that gift. Let me tell you about my gift, though. No, that's not how it goes. Because all of them work together. It's time for the individual members of the body of Christ to get over themselves and realize that each one of us is an important part of the whole. You could take a moment right now. You don't need to actually do it. It'll maybe freak people out, but you just kind of think across in this room tonight, ones that are here. Some you may know, some you may not know. Think about on Sunday mornings when we come together, whatever the service might be that you're at. Think about the ones that are there. Some you may know, some you may not know. You know what? God is gifted if those that are there are believers in Jesus Christ, if they're truly born again. The Holy Spirit has come upon them, sealed them. That is the promise of the Holy Spirit of God. And with that promise of that sealing comes a gift of the Holy Spirit, at least one within that individual, if not more. We may look at them and say, well, I don't see a whole lot worth of anything in that individual. You know what, that's spiritual pride that's suddenly going on. We need to come to that point where we look at a brother or a sister in Christ and know the importance of that individual within the body of Christ is as important as any of them. Just as important. Say, oh yeah, but they're not a, they're not a teacher, they're not a preacher, they're not in this area. You know what? We're all a part of the body of Christ. The body of Christ works together. And when the body of Christ is working together in the true unity that we're called to be in, beloved, we've got a powerful, powerful thing. And it makes a change in people's lives. It makes a change in our communities. And if the body of Christ ever got their act together, it'd make a change in this world. But I believe that, again, we pulled back from that understanding so much through these years. The body of Christ is so scattered and so divided and because they may speak in tongues at their worship service and this church over here, man, they're part of the frozen chosen. They don't even lift their hands. They're, they're, they're afraid to clap. They don't do anything. And over here we got these guys and over here we got, we're, we're not working together. We're not even part of the body together. Hey, they can worship over there, but you got to understand, man, That's your brothers and sisters in Christ if they're teaching and preaching that salvation comes by grace through faith in Christ and in Christ alone. And if we don't get that, then we're just as guilty of spiritual pride as anyone else. And we have just as much guilt and blame to bear as those that would walk around with their spiritual nose in the air that says, I've got this. Too bad about you. Look, there's going to be different ways that the body of Christ ministers in this world. The message of the hope of the gospel is what brings us together. That's the unity. There's going to be diversity even within a body of our size, even within our own church. There's going to be a diversity. But you know what? God has called us to come together in a unity as one. Because, beloved, that's where the strength is going to be. That's where the encouragement is going to be. And if we allow division to come in, because this person's a little too loud in the service, or this person's a little too quiet, or because this person thinks that this is right and this person is... Now, 
please understand what I'm saying. Don't, those of you that have been with us long enough, you understand what I'm saying. Man, on, on, on the essential things, we can have unity. On the non-essentials, there can be that diversity. But in all things, there needs to be love. It has to be there. Now, if they're off on some wacky doctrine that, that's so far away and it's pulling people from the truth of the Word of God, uh, hey, listen, we're, we're going to call that in. But if it's simply a slight you know, different interpretation from us, we need to be working again together. Let's get back to where are we at? 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Yes, okay. Get over ourselves. Verses 8 through 10, we see this listing of various gifts. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, faith, gifts of healing, working of miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, different kinds of tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. All of these through the same Spirit. And in all of these, you recognize it's a unity of the source, but it's also a unity of purpose for the profit of all. Even before we get into the discussion of the individual gifts, which we probably won't get to tonight, before we get into that, before we get into their, their, their definitions, how they're used, not only how they were used back in the first century, but even how they're used in, in current day, we need to, again, have a little bit more clarity. One thing we know for certain, these nine gifts that are listed here are not an exhaustive, comprehensive list of all the gifts given to the church. We see a variety of, lift, of, of, of gifts and, and lists of gifts, actually, throughout the New Testament. And the interesting thing is, is the four different places in particular that there are gifts of the Spirit that are listed, they're all written by one guy. So it's not like James had a list uh, over here that he's working and John has a list over here. No, Paul wrote all of them. Romans chapter 12, Ephesians chapter 4, and here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And all of those Paul wrote, and we're going to see that there's a bit of diversity. Even here, down in the same, in the same chapter, Paul gives a, another list, and it's not quite the same. Look down in, cha- uh, in verse 28 here in chapter 12. God has appointed these in the church. Now, some people look at that and say, well, see, that's the ones that God appointed. This isn't the Holy Spirit. Uh, you're, you're dividing up the Trinity again. God is at work in all of these things. Don't major on the minors here because you're going to see that you can't in just a moment. God has appointed these in the church. First, the apostles. Second, prophets. Third, teachers. After that, miracles. And then gifts of healing, helps, administrations, and a variety of tongues. Do you see that there's similarities there? There's even repetitions there in verse 8 of what was in the earlier verses there in chapter 12. We see again in, in that list of verses through 7-12, miracles, the gifts of healing, variety of tongue, and even prophets, some of the things that he's writing here in verse 28. But then we also see some new ones there in verse 28 that weren't previously listed. Elis apostles and teachers and, and helps and administrations. We see that difference. We can even look at a list. Of, in fact, you can keep your place there in, in 1 Corinthians. Turn to the left. Go back to the book of Romans. 
look at Romans chapter 12. We're going to find similar lists and some varied. I don't want to confuse you at all, but I want you to have a very clear understanding about these things as we dig a little bit deeper into them. When we look at Romans chapter 12, Paul's dealing with some of these same pride issues, even with the church at Romans. So he wants to help the church in Rome understand that they're all part of this one great big whole. They're all a part of the body of Christ. All of us have an important part to play. Down in verse 4, beginning in verse 4, in Romans chapter 12, we read, For as we have many members in one body, but all the members don't have the same function. Again, if we all had the same function, some of us wouldn't be necessary. So we're part of a body because we have different functions. So verse 5, so we being many, we are one body in Christ, and yet we're individual members of one another. So it's not that he takes the individuality out of the, those that are part of the body. No, our individuality is, is what makes for the diversity of what God is doing in our life. Then he goes on to speak about this variety of gifts that are within the church. Verse 6, he says, having then gifts differing according to the grace that's given to us, let us use them. If your gift is prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. If it's ministry, let us use it in our ministry. The, the one who teaches, or he who teaches, in teaching. He who exhorts in exhortation. He who gives with liberality. That's the one we always want somebody else to have, isn't it? Yeah. Man, I wish he had liberality. Huh? Uh, he who leads with, with diligence. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Here we have eight different gifts that are listed. And once again, there's a repetition of some from the First Corinthians passage. And there's some new ones that are added. Now go to the right a couple of blocks to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Again, the same writer, Paul the Apostle, writing to the first century church. In Ephesians chapter 4, down in verse 7 we begin. Paul writing to the church of Ephesus. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Oh, these are the gifts that Christ gave, that Jesus gave. So we have the Holy Spirit gifts. We have the No, come on, understand what's going on here. This is the work of God within the church. This is not a division. Listen to what it says. According to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive, and he gave gifts to men. And he himself, down in verse 11, and he himself, Christ, Gave some to be what? Apostles, some prophets, some... Well, wait a minute, wasn't that what God gave? Okay, never mind. He himself, Christ, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and teachers. Why did he give them? For the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Now, in all of these verses, do you, do you see the similarities that are there? And do you see the new, some of them are new, some of them are unique only to that passage. Do you understand that nowhere in Paul's writings does he give us an exhaustive list of spiritual gifts? Nowhere.
The book of 1 Corinthians is probably best known for its passage on love in chapter 13. You've probably heard these verses spoken at weddings, but these words on the character of love can also be applied to our relationship with God. God loved us so much that He gave His Son to stand in our place of judgment. Jesus came to this earth to live a perfect life and then took every sin of every human being upon Himself, dying so that we didn't have to. That incredible love is available to you right now. If you want to know more about Jesus and the life of forgiveness and love He has waiting for you, please call us at 520-836-9676. You can also send us an email by visiting our website at theopenword.com. As a next step, we encourage you to find a solid Bible-based church to help you grow in your walk with God. With a special invitation regarding that, here's Pastor David. Hey, I hope that today's message has encouraged you in your faith and given you a hunger to learn more about God. If you're in the Casa Grande area and are looking for a church to attend, I'd be honored to have you join us here at Calvary Chapel of Casa Grande. You can find directions and service times by visiting theopenword.com and following the links to our church homepage. We welcome you to be a part of our time of worshiping our Creator and studying the words of the Bible verse by verse, growing closer to Him each week. Thanks, Pastor David. We are so glad you joined us today here on The Open Word. Pastor David will return to share more from the book of 1 Corinthians right here on The Open Word.